0: Hey there, how's it going everybody? My name is Ethan Lee and you are listening to For Whom the Podcast Tolls. This is the official podcast of For Whom the Cowbell Tolls, SB Nation's Mississippi State community. I am your host and I am the managing editor of For Whom the Cowbell Tolls. On today's show, we're gonna look at Mississippi State's big win over South Carolina, and then I'm gonna answer a couple of questions that y'all have that you send in via Twitter, because that's what Twitter people do that listen to the show. So, just looking at this game as a whole, it really felt like a palate cleanser. Like, you know, this was a fresh start, You know, erased the bad taste out of my mouth from the first game of the year, which we're not going to talk about too much, because that game was awful. This game, not so awful. Uh, South Carolina has a decent defense, they have a very good defensive-minded coach. Um, not great offense, just isn't there, but... Still, as a whole, looks very good on the... It looks a lot better as a win than, you know, the South Alabama game did as a loss. And this... It really feels like a huge step in the right direction. And that's for multiple reasons. One, we saw the defensive line being disruptive. Two, we, um... The corners, while they were not great again, they looked improved in the secondary as a whole, better. Uh, still still the biggest liability on defense, but it just looked better. And then three, the most important reason, is that we are now in the Nick Fitzgerald era. We have now turned over the reins of the entire offense, the entire machine that is Mississippi State. It's all in the hands of Nick Fitzgerald. He's the guy operating it. Um, I mean, there's not much else you can say other than that He's the guy going forward. That's what Dan Mullen said. That's what he met with uh, Fitz and Williams, Nick or Damian Williams, not Nick Williams. Nick Williams doesn't exist. Um, but he met with those guys last week, apparently sat down with them and really just explained that, you know, Damian is a capable quarterback, but he's not going to do anything more than manage the game. And so Fitz looks right now like an early Dak Prescott like very early in that he's run first and then pass. Um, But Fitzgerald is the quarterback going forward. Assuming he doesn't get injured, we're hoping he doesn't get injured because he looked very promising. But um, let's just jump into the game as a whole. Here are my takeaways from it. Just going through the offense, the defense. We're going to look at special teams. Starting with the offense, as I was just talking about, um, Nick Fitzger- blah, blah, blah. Nick Fitzgerald, <laughs> I'm sorry I can't talk. Um, Nick Fitzgerald is the future. It's the start of a new era, and as I was just saying, he looks like an early Dak Prescott. Um, he's raw. He's a little reckless passing wise. That's what Dak was in 2013. He made some really bad passes. Dak in 2013 against LSU, but. He really improved as the season wore on, um, and, you know, Fitzgerald doesn't have any experience. He just doesn't have much experience out there, not in real game situations. This was his first game, and for a guy to come out and look like he did as a whole, I am thoroughly impressed. Just absolutely blown away by how good he can potentially be, by the end of the season at least. Um... I mean, there's a lot to be excited about. There, his running ability makes him the ideal fit for a Dan Mullen offense. It's just perfect, um, and his passing ability—it's raw. It—I it, mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. it. It has a lot of work there. He trusts his arm probably a little more than he should. Uh, the touchdown pass to Jordan Thomas—Thomas, Thomas? Jordan Thomas? Yeah, Jordan Thomas, uh, the big guy. He—he's huge. Um, In the second quarter, like, if Jordan Thomas wasn't 6'5", 300 pounds, that's not a touchdown. It just isn't. That's probably an interception. And there were a couple of other reckless passes there. But that risk-taking ability that he has, I mean, it just translates over to a lot of points, too. And this goes back to Damian Williams, incredibly consistent. Incredibly consistent, but he's only efficient, and he's only a game manager. You're risking some turnovers with Fitzgerald, but you're also getting a few more big plays. And we saw quite a few really exciting plays with Fitzgerald. Um, his running ability, that huge 74-yard run that he made, he just looks good. Um, as he gets more experience, he's going to be better, but he's, we're going to Death Valley. <laughs> I mean, I wish he had more experience before we were going to Death Valley, but... This is kind of a baptism by fire sort of thing. You were being thrown to the wolves. Let's see how it goes. Um, and more than likely, as... Who is it on Twitter? Thor Woden son. He's a contributor for, for the Cowbell Tolls. He's going to be doing some stats stuff uh, upcoming soon. He's a really great stats guy. Incredible mathematician. Um, but coming up, but as he mentioned, he uh, Fitzgerald... Will likely be a roller coaster this first year, a lot like what we've seen out of when young quarterbacks play for Dan Mullen in the past. Um, Tyler Russell in twenty twelve looked really good at times, looked not great, and just downright bad at other times. Um, I mean, Dak Prescott had his moments too, early in his career. So you looking you we're looking at the future with how reckless. Fitzgerald was at times with the ball. It's possible that there's going to be quite a few turnovers, but I'm expecting quite a few touchdowns as well. Um, you know, touching on the Damian Williams situation, he didn't do anything to lose the job. Well, let's let's dispel that myth that he did something wrong. He didn't. I mean, he looked very efficient. Um, he's going to be consistently a good quarterback for a dink and dunk system, but that's not going to win you a lot of games with the way this team is set up. There's just not enough talent on the offensive line. You don't have great running backs that are pushing out, uh, pushing through defenders. Not right now, at least. So Damian Williams is a great game manager, but he's not going to be more than that from what we've seen so far. And his skill set's limited. That being said, you know, I'm going to be sad to see, Damian Williams not getting the starts just because he's done so much for this team. And I think Dan Mullen recognizes that too. That uh, Williams, phenomenal game manager. He's not going to make a whole lot of stupid decisions. Not at this point in his career, at least. Um, but he's not going to be... He's not going to be that X-factor that wins you two to three games that you really shouldn't. And I don't know that Fitzgerald is that guy just yet. But I guarantee that the game's a lot closer. The game against South Carolina would be a lot closer, a lot more stressful if Williams was playing. So, you know, if Williams does end up transferring for senior year, I'm going to be sad to see him go just because he's done so much. I mean, he came in, helped fill a quarterback void in that uh, 2013 recruiting class when Cord Sandberg went off. To the uh, after committing, and then he goes off to play. Uh, baseball. Williams comes in, helps fill that void. Going into the 2013 season, you know Williams came in. You know played the last snaps of the Alabama game after Tyler Russell goes down and Dak Prescott's injured at the time. Um, then you look at, I mean, he wins us the. Uh, oh, I'm just getting a text. What? You look at the Arkansas game. I mean, he wins us that Arkansas game. And then going into the Egg Bowl, he... Um, I mean, he kept us competitive in that Egg Bowl. He, he didn't do anything to win it. He was a game manager. And that's, I think, how his legacy will be defined, is that he did a lot for the school, but he's only a game manager. And, you know, that's, that's frustrating, but... Should something happen this season, I'm not – I mean, I don't want anything to happen. Nobody does. But should something happen, we have a capable backup. And we – I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I don't think anybody does. So we'll see what happens. It'll be an interesting situation to keep our eyes on to see if Williams does transfer. That being said, I don't want him to because I think he's a quality backup. And he's done a lot for Mississippi State. He's made a lot of sacrifices but I want him to do what's best for him. And then looking at Nick Tiano, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy moves up to second on the depth chart. He's got a lot of upside too, Uh, you know, 6'4", 240, another prototypical Dan Mullen quarterback. Um, I mean, he's got a lot of upside. And if he starts playing in garbage time, that would probably be best long-term rather than Damian Williams best for the team so that'll be another interesting thing to uh to keep our eyes on looking at the receiving the uh, wide receivers from this past game fred ross is very good very good at just about anything and everything um i mean the passing touchdown that he had the receiving touchdown he he looked good tonight and this was what i wanted to see in south alabama game we didn't see it we see it tonight in the South, er, not tonight. When do we, ah, oh crap, Saturday. I'm tired, guys. Um, we saw it Saturday in the uh, South Carolina game. It's great to see him being used in all sorts of situations. Um, Donald Gray and Gabe Miles. They both had a few bad drops, but also had some very good receptions. Um, at least Gabe Miles did. I don't don't remember much from Donald Gray. Oh, no, there we are. Um, Donald Gray had four receptions for 54 yards and a touchdown. More than Gabe Miles did at three receptions, 45 yards, no touchdowns. Um, so as a whole, you know, those two guys could have done better, could have done worse, I guess. But we're going to need them to look Sharper, consistently catch passes, especially in big games like what's coming up this next week. If Mississippi State even hopes to pull off an upset, we need the receivers to play well. Um, Looking at other receiving threats, Jamal Couch said hello. He, uh, He looked good late in the game. Only had one reception, but if State can start to work him into the offense, get him some experience... His size at 6'4 would be a huge benefit benefit for this team. And then Jordan Thomas, you know, I referenced him earlier. 6'5", 295 pounds. He's literally a huge threat. Like, he's gigantic. Um, he's as big as an offensive tackle at tight end. So, like, if Rufus Warren had still been playing tight end when he had bulked up to play offensive tackle, like, imagine that combination right here. And that's what you got. Um... He was the number one Juco prospect, came into state, and um, with Justin Johnson not being necessarily, I mean, he's still young, he's still fresh, he's a sophomore, Jordan Thomas brings in some experience, and that can be really beneficial for this team. Um, Looking at the running back situation, Brandon Holloway is very fast. Brandon Holloway is also very small. We need to stop running him up the middle. Except for you know maybe once every five times he gets the ball. And that's only to keep defenses honest. But that's it. You get him out in the flat as a receiver. You run him on speed options out to the side. You find ways to get him into space. You don't run him up the middle. I don't get... I mean, I can understand in the second half, Dan Mullins not showing his hand to anybody in the future... Like, he's just killing clock at that point. But still, Brandon Holloway, very fast guy, very small guy. Stop running him up the middle. Like, that's not where he's going to get you a lot of yards. But, um, know, I'm not going to complain too much. Came away with a win. Holloway's still very talented. But we need to stop running him up the middle. I don't know if I can say that enough. Uh, a lot of people tweeted at me at the For Whom the Cowbell Tolls uh, account. Stop running, Brandon Hallway up the middle. Stop tweeting that at me and start tweeting that at Dan Mullen. Maybe someone will see it. I don't know. Um, looking at a couple of other running backs, Ashton Schumpert, pretty good night. You know, five carries, twenty-eight yards. He, uh, I mean, that's what you're going to get out of Ashton Schumpert right now. For whatever reason, he's the change of pace guy. Aries Williams also had five carries, had twenty-one yards. I want to see them, both of these guys, start to get more carries. Let's lighten Brandon Holloway's load some. I mean, I know a lot of people are against Ashton Schumpert and just want to go to the future, go to the future, go to the future. Aries Williams doesn't have a lot of experience, so you got to work him in slow. I, I mean, we can't expect all of our guys to be the same sort of backs that Alabama has. These aren't huge five-star, 280-pound, 6'10 running backs. Like, they, they aren't these monsters that you see over in Tuscaloosa. But, you know, getting Aries Williams some more carries. Ashton Schumpert, get him a few more carries. He looked good as the fullback, H-back sort of guy out there. Um, he's still a solid receiving threat. But, you know, start working towards the future. And I know getting Schumpert some more carries does not do anything for that, but. You know, two things here, you've got to lighten Brandon Holloway's load and got to work toward the future, and that means get some of these younger guys involved, and Schumpert can help lighten Holloway's load. Looking at the offensive line, overall, no complaints. You know, very little complaints. Looked very solid, looked very stout against the uh, Carolina defensive front. There are a few miscues here and there, but Fitzgerald was, o- was able to overcome most of those with his legs, and he scrambled very brilliantly and the offensive line while he was scrambling did very well at blocking in space and that being said the offensive line still leaves some to be desired for run blocking you know I, I wish the interior line could clear out a little bit more because if you are going to run holloway up the middle you need him to have at least some sort of breathing room so he's not going to get killed and he just got smothered a lot so As a whole, I'm not upset with the offensive line. I just wish it could still be better. And I think that they will be better as time goes on, um, when they get more experience working together and such. Looking at the defense, secondary, as I said, still has some questions, but it looks better. I mean, Jamal Peters had a pretty good game with that interception. Yeah. And uh, seeing him at corner, that's intriguing to me. I know. I mean, I know he is a very versatile athlete. Has reportedly to uh, be playing some offense and such, and he played corners supposedly in high school. But he looked good out there. Um, safety play was pretty good as a whole. The defense as a whole looked better. Yeah, Carolina's offense is trash. Yeah, they're garbage. Still, I'm excited from what I saw with with the defense. Um, the front seven looked very good defensive front. You know, adding Jeffrey Simmons huge difference there. He's a difference maker already. He's not even starting. Yeah, AJ Jefferson still a monster. Still disrupting offensive lines, still messing with the backfield. He's very good. Um, Richie Brown had a pretty good game. I don't remember his numbers, but he didn't look as bad or as noticeably bad as in week one. And you could say that about just about everybody on this team. Um, So, you know, a lot of good happened in the front seven. Who was the other guy? Jonathan Calvin. He had a good game. So there were a lot of guys just constantly in Carolina's backfield, constantly messing with the quarterback, constantly getting after the running backs. It was fun to see. It was good to see. I was excited. Looking at special teams, special teams was good for the first time in this season. And it looked, it just looked good. Um, Weston Graves he cleaned up whatever mentally was disrupting him. Made both of his field goals. He was a better kicker on Saturday than Elliot Fry. And you're not going to say that a whole lot about any kicker against Elliot Fry because Fry is one of the best kickers in the nation. That being said, he still missed a kick. L.A. Fry missed a kick, not Weston Graves. Um, but a lot to be excited about with Weston Graves. He looked sharp, he looked accurate. Um, and there were people booing him before the game. I, at least in the the uh, student section near the frats and stuff. There were people booing. And I don't, I don't get that. I don't get why you boo your own players. Like, that's never made sense to me. Don't boo your own team. You're dumb. Just stop being dumb. And then uh, Logan Cook. Very good punter. Uh, He uh, was in the second half. He sent that punt as he was almost nailed. Sent it from, what, our 20 or our 30. And he put it in their end zone. He looked fantastic. As a whole, special teams. The returns were better. Coverage was better. Excited about special teams. And then play calling Uh, You know, I referenced this earlier, the Fred Ross touchdown pass. Play calling was so much better in the first half. Just so much better than what we saw in all of last week. You know, we still had a mediocre second half. Still had a whole bunch of Holloway up the middle. You know, I think part of that was intentionally bland because LSU's coming up. Part of that was still bad play calling. Still bad play calling. Um... I hope we don't see any Holloway up the middle in the LSU game. Just because, not because I don't like seeing Holloway run, but it's because I don't like seeing Holloway run into like eight linebackers that are ready to eat him alive and take his lunch money. I'm tired of that. So. Um, And then the atmosphere was pretty great, despite having a smaller crowd that shrunk even more after half. Um, It was electric. There were a lot of Klangas. I had a, a South Carolina fan who came down for the game. He, uh, he messaged me and told me that the Cowbells were louder than what he expected, so that's always fun. And so overall, a lot of improvement in one week. There is still a lot of work to do. This is not a finished project product. Um, blah, 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 blah. I can't talk. <laughs> this is not a finished product by any means, No. I mean, but there is a lot to build upon here. You've got a lot of good that happened, a lot of good to carry forward. There's a lot of momentum right now with this team, with this with this program. I mean, if Dan Mullen can maintain that intensity, if the team can continue to carry on that intensity, uh, we're good for quite a while. I mean, I, I'm not going to say that we're going to go undefeated, but I am confident about what the rest of the season might hold for this team um you know i'm still gonna say we're going five and seven until they prove me otherwise and they're gonna have to prove me otherwise by not going five and seven but i'm excited about what the season might turn into and you know i'm not completely upset about what next year might look like you know i think next year could be a pretty good season you got a lot of young guys. If you can develop Nick Fitzgerald this year, it's pretty good. So that is it for what I have planned. Oh, no, 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 no. The second half. Let me talk about the second half for a little bit. I'm not worried about the second half's news that Mississippi State went through. You know, as I said earlier, part of that looked intentional. Going bland, killing the clock. And uh, I think part of that was the weather delay. I mean, you see these sort of huge breaks all the time, helping just change momentum, and I think that's part of it. So I'm not too concerned about the second half. I think a lot of people are, because a lot of people are still upset about what happened against South Alabama, understandably so. But I'm not worried about it. I, I, I just think that's a function of the rain delay, the weather delay, the lightning and such, and then also just kind of cruising to a victory which a lot of people are still mad about but so be it and so now on to the question portion of the show you send in questions via Twitter you tweet at state cast I answer these questions or you can tweet at State sports the normal for the Cowbell Tolls Twitter account and I'll just answer because you know what else am I gonna do with these next three minutes of my life? Justin Strawn, friend of the show. So, Justin, how's it going these days? Justin, your question at FWTCT. How worried should we be that we've been outscored 36 to six in the second half, or 35 to six? He corrected it in the next tweet. I'm not overly concerned about this. I know a lot of people are. I know a lot of people are freaking out, but I'm not all that concerned. Um, I think if we can play up to the level that we played in the first half against a really serious opponent in LSU, and I think we will be more serious against LSU, uh, the trick is to try to play up to that level consistently. I don't think this team's going to do it. I just think there's too much inexperience, even with some of the older guys on the team that haven't played a whole bunch up until now. I just don't know that we're going to see that throughout this season, but I'm not overly worried about the fact that we've been outscored by 30, 29 points this far in the season. Cause I mean, South Alabama's run like they scored a whole bunch of points. Yeah. Uh, South Carolina scored what? 14, 14 points, um, to make 35 points. And, uh, so yeah, while some people are concerned, I'm not worried about it. I don't think it's going to be a big deal. I think that the offense can continue to be productive. They just need to open the playbook for 60 minutes. I mean, you see teams like you know, Oregon and uh, Baylor, they, they open the playbook against whoever they're playing. They don't care. They're going to just score a thousand points on you if they want to. And so I think we need to start Developing that sort of same philosophy where you just got to score. Just keep scoring. Don't worry, just, just score some more. And I don't understand why Dan Mullen being an offensive guru doesn't do that more. It frustrates me that he doesn't do that more. I'd like to see our stats padded a little bit because it makes me feel better about this team. But it is what it is. I'm not worried about it just yet. I mean, if we continue to have this sort of trend and if LSU scores like 80 on us in the second half, then I say it's time to push the panic button. But until then I'm not panicking from chief dragon canoe at ITFTP lad is Nick Fitzgerald our best option at running back he's definitely our best running threat uh bar none he uh he looks he looks the part of the prototypical Dan Mullen quarterback where he is going to be the primary running threat um you look at Dan Mullen's Florida offenses, I mean, a lot of those didn't have great running great running backs. They just, I mean, they weren't these phenomenal guys uh, that were running for 1,500 yards. You didn't really see that happen. He'd use a couple of smaller guys, um, but his main running threat was Tim Tebow. He uh, So, you know, if we don't develop a power back this year, which I don't really expect that we will. I'm not overly concerned. Fitzgerald's going to have a solid year. If we can develop a running game, if we can develop a good running back this season, that's great. That's all the better. I'm just not expecting it, which a lot of people aren't going to be happy about. And then finally, the last question from at KT Vanderlip, the large dog. How's it going, Mr. Vanderlip? Will State play a complete game against LSU? He, he sends a list of questions. This is question one of five. Um, will State play a complete game against LSU? I sure hope so. Because that's our only chance to upset them. Because they're looking fairly vulnerable right now. They uh, they don't look all that sharp. Not as sharp as they have in years past. So I hope so. I hope it works out that we uh, we upset them. I'm not... You'll hear more about my thoughts on the LSU game with uh, our friend of the show, surprise guest. You you probably already know who it is, but you know surprise guest John Clark. Not a surprise anymore. He's coming on. We're gonna talk some football. Gonna talk some LSU. And question two: With Etling taking over as quarterback and Fournette coming back, will LSU roll on offense? Is Fournette coming back? Cause last I saw, he uh he was a little gimpy, and they weren't sure. Um, as far as their quarterback situation, Etling has to be their starter, but he's still not very good. He just, yes, he sparked the offense. Yes, he gave them a lot of confidence. He was six of fourteen with an interception. That uh, it's not ideal. So I'm sure he's going to be better this coming week if he's announced the starter and gets the first team reps and such. I'm sure he's going to be better, but. He, uh, I don't think he's going to be the savior that LSU fans want. Question three: Does MSU have any Louisiana guys with something to prove? I mean, I'd say Damien Williams is a Louisiana guy with something to prove, um, but I don't think he's going to get his shot to really prove that. Which kind of sucks because I was hoping that he would and that we'd shock the world and win national titles with Damien Williams. But you know, that's not going to happen. Uh, we're not winning a national title ever, probably ever. i sad to say. Oh. Question four, is Angry Dan here to stay? I hope so. I, he looked fired up. And it was a great change of pace from what we've seen in recent games, from what we saw against South Alabama. I don't think he reads message boards, but he got the overall message from the fans. And he doesn't read from the Cowbell Tools, more than likely. I mean I was told that the South Alabama media folks, like the um at the press conference there, they were reading for him the cowbell tools, but I don't think our staff, like our coaching staff reads from the Cowbell Tools. Y'all read from the Cowbell Tools, but they don't. Um, but is Angry Dan here to stay staying on topic? If he is, then we're gonna win then we'll probably be ball eligible. I, I mean, the team rode that energy. They rode it to a pretty convincing win. And they could have scored two or three more touchdowns. So, you know, if Angry Dan is here to stay, then we're going to win quite a few games. If he's not, then I, I just, just leave. Um, but it was good to see. I really hope that Angry Dan is here to stay, but I'm sure at some point it's going to slip. So. Is it too early to start planning a tailgate? get together for the Auburn game yeah this is something that uh we were talking about on twitter that you and Corbin and Lewis really discussed um I didn't discuss it as much with y'all I I think I was asleep or something I don't really know um I'm game for this I can uh I don't have much to provide (laughs) I'm a broke college student um But if we want to get together, we can get together, we can talk, we can do something. I have a small little charcoal grill and I have a a truck with a tailgate and I have a camp chair and um, I just hit my knee on a cabinet and we can do something. I can bring a cooler and we can have some beers and stuff. Corbin can't have beer. He's too young, but we can do something. I'd like to do something. It'd be cool to meet up with y'all. So let's talk. Let's work something out. And if other people show up, then other people show up, and that'll be fun. So, and I think that is it for the questions. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Really appreciate y'all that tune in and put up with me babbling and such. I go off topic a whole bunch. Thanks for listening, everybody. Y'all have a great day, and ha- stay... I can't talk. <laughs> Thanks for y'all that put up with that. Um, and stay hashtag very quality.